Welcome to episode 239. If you're not getting the right answers, maybe you're not asking the right questions. Good questions equals sound strategy. The four questions that will help you move forward. That's today on The Reclaim Leader. Welcome to The Reclaimed Leader, a podcast by two pastors trying to lead their churches through revitalization and change. Their mission, to share their journey with you so it might help you in yours. And now, here, please welcome our hosts, Jason Tucker and Jesse Skiffington. Hey, everyone, welcome to episode 239 of the Reclaim Leader, Equipping Churches for Turnaround Change. I'm Jason Tucker here back again with Jesse Skiffington. I feel like it's been a while, even though it kind of hasn't. I know. I don't know. <laughs> Time is weird these days. And so anyway, good to see you, Jason. Glad to be in another conversation, talking shop when it comes to leading in the local church. And so uh, if that's something that you are involved in as a pastor, welcome. We're glad to have you tuning in and listening. If you're an elder or a volunteer or just someone who's interested in leadership in whatever sphere you're leading in and you're part of the conversation here, I hope that these are helpful conversations. I We were just talking about before we hit record how I feel like I've uh, uh, deepened and matured as a leader simply by having a consistent leadership conversation that I'm a part of. Uh, every week with you, Jason, and with our guests and, and the people that tune in and, and write emails to us and ask questions and all that. So all that's good for us as leaders to be thinking and talking about leadership and talking shop and best practices and all of that. And uh, anyway, so uh, glad for you tuning in today. Jason, always glad to be in a conversation with you. Well, it's funny. I talk about this all the time. It's, it's the act of talking about all of this stuff that absolutely makes me better at what I do because it keeps things on the front burner. It helps me to process things and to remind me of what matters most because left to my own devices, I would probably get stuck or, or just get in such a routine that I'm not even thinking outside of, of that routine. And I don't know, man, these last few years have been of course, anything but routine. And I know that all of us just want to sort of stop having to make decisions. Yeah. It's we've, we've had to make so many. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, And, and I think, you know, I think a lot of us just like, Oh man, finally I get a little season where we can just ride the wave of the routine, which there are seasons are, are, can be good like that, but right now is not the time. And I, I don't, it's like I got to muster up the energy. Yeah, you can get there. But I would say this before you get too like burned out by even thinking about what you the work that it would take to do some we're going to talk about some things today that I think at first glance you're like I don't I don't know if I'm up for that. For leaders, I think big questions, thinking organizationally, uh reimagining kind of the way you're structured, all that can actually bring life but it probably also means that we need to push some other things off our desk that have ended up on our plates. You know, I, yeah. so there's this discipline of delegation that needs to come along too, that we need to relearn. I was just, I, you know, my staff had an intervention with me in the last few days about needing to <laughs> let go of some things and, and, and it's okay to say, I don't know. And, and to hand somebody a name of somebody else to ask and, and I was like, okay, thanks, guys. I mean, they did it out of you know, like, hey, it's time for you to do what only you can do, which is lead us to think organizationally, think big picture, uh, have vision, uh, ask really big, good questions that can lead us somewhere. And so 
Um, I agree with that. And I think as pastors, a lot of us have ended up with a lot of to-dos on our plates that are important, um, but might not be the most important thing we could be spending our time on for the sake of the mission of the church. And so um, I get it though. It's, you know, decision fatigue is real. We're all making our way in different, our different situations to kind of get outside of the fog of the last couple of years. And now what does it mean to lead? So and we can't, but we can't sleepwalk through this time because this may be the greatest oppor- evangelism opportunity of our lifetimes right now, right in this yeah, moment. I, I think you could take the word may out of it. This yeah. is the great, and this is when we're going to define what the church looks like, who it is and, and how we operate now going forward. Yeah. And there's a, there's a kind of a clean slate opportunity. And really some of the conversation we're going to have in the next couple episodes is related to what are the opportunities now and what is it going to look like now? And there's some freedom to to maybe move on from some of where we've been and things we've done in the past and kind of simplify our structure for the sake of effective mission going forward. So we're going to be talking about that today a little bit. And um, under the kind of the big heading of good questions equals sound strategy, I think leaders, part of our job is to ask good questions, to wonder about our situation, wonder if there's a better way, wonder if this is the the best way, wonder what else we might do. And I think for the for leaders, that kind of inquiry is invigorating. And uh, but we got to have the right people in the conversation too, because otherwise it might scare people to death. Yeah. So tell me a little bit, Jesse, about because I know we were talking a little about I I swear there's like so many episodes in the pre-conversations we have. <laughs> That's, uh, but tell me, are there some indicators for you or is it just a feeling like, hey, yeah. we're not as effective as we need to be? Are, are there some things that generally pop up or is it kind yeah. of different every time? I'm just no, I'm really just I, I think there's some really clear you. indicators for me that go, you know what, we need some work on our organizational infrastructure and the way that we strategize around how are we organizing? What teams do we have and what do we do? And it really has come out of a series of conversations in various ways where people have noticed the sign on my wall that says the vision on the wall is only as good as the system down the hall, right? We'd steal that from the Andy Stanley world or whatever. But it's when I notice our systems are not functioning well, or there's breakdowns in our systems, or there's gaps in our system uh, to, to do the various things that we decided to be about as a church. And it's not just one system that's offline or struggling, it's multiple. And we're, fi- we're finding it difficult to plug people back into the roles that used to drive some of those systems yeah. and going, okay, so if, if that's a struggle, what does that mean? How do we get organized again in an effective way if the pre-pandemic way of being organized is no longer working or functioning well? Do we rehabilitate that system and get it working well again? Or- is it time to do what sometimes leaders like to do and then immediately regret, which is create a blank page and just pull out the yellow notepad and go to work? And so I I wonder if there's we're kind of in between those things, right? Probably some of what we were doing before is exactly what we should continue to do going forward. But having a conversation and asking questions about how are we organized and is this the right way to do what we want to do together for the sake of the mission? I think that is always, um, it can be a helpful way to, to really evaluate what's going on and how effective you are right now. When we moved into the new house in November, 
I had a system for how to organize the garage. After uh, what, six, seven months or whatever it's been. Um, there are many things you now cannot retrieve from the garage because <laughs> the system doesn't work. Right. I've been told by my wife and reminded of something I already know. I need a new system. I feel like there's the the church version of this is uh, we've, we've accumulated a lot of things and we've tried to plug them into this system that no longer suits the needs of right now. So let's get into this a little more. So what are are some things here? Yeah. Good questions equal sound strategy is kind of the heading, but then maybe one question we could ask. I wonder if this would be a helpful question. Um, And looking at our, our, our kind of our whole, uh, church and going, asking a question like this, is this the right way to be organized right now? Is this the right way to be organized right now? Um, and so you're looking at all the various things that you do as a church and going, uh, is it working? Is it functioning? Are, are there big gaps, uh, in our communications? Is this the right way to be organized right now? And, um, maybe a different way would be to ask what would be really effective right now? And I think this is a blank page question. I, I'm not asking you to solve the problem yet. Just asking that question and saying, is this the right way to be organized? Or is, what would be a more effective way to be organized? And then beginning to dream about that and say, I wonder if we uh, took out some of the middlemen in our conversations, if that would be more effective. Or I wonder if we had smaller teams that were more mobile and able to make decisions uh, more quickly because a committee of 10 hard to make a decision quickly, uh, a committee of two or a team of two or three maybe can make some, uh, if they have the right authority, can make quicker decisions. So is this the right way to be organized? Should we still have committees or should we have teams? Should we have uh, volunteers that function as staff? Is that working? Or should we give everything to staff to run and invite other people to volunteer? I, I think there's a, a really healthy uh, sort of... Um, evaluation that can happen when you ask this question. Is this the right way to be organized or is this an effective way to be organized right now? So Jason, if you were thinking about Tower Hill and you were like, is this an effective way to be organized right now? Would that be a, a helpful question to you? Do you think? Um, or a scary help, question? H- helpful, but also a frustrating question. Okay. I, like it's both because, yep. you know, I had that experience just the other day. I'm like walking around and I'm just seeing all the gaps. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, we none of it's good enough, which was a total over exaggeration in the sure, moment. Sure. Yeah. But you know, just thinking like we've got to figure this out because again, like we've been saying, for us, for us in our our kind of area, it means to be ready for the fall. Like summer, mm-hmm. we're a summer town, we're a beach community, so it's very fluid. But once things solidify again mid to late September, we got to be ready to go on our systems. Like how are we connecting people as they connect with the church? How are we getting people's information? How are we assimilating them? How are we engaging them? Whose responsibility is to do what? What are the ways in which we are offering small group opportunities, everything from a a pre-faith to a long-time faith in a short-term, maybe a long-term, more long-term group? Like what are some key events that we want to have? Like none of this stuff. We don't have a system really yeah. that works well for, for any of it because so much, so much of the responsibilities have changed. We became very 
staff centric during the pandemic and have not successfully been able to hand that stuff back to volunteers because there's no one to hand them to. Yeah. And I think you're identified a a huge uh, challenge. I won't call it a problem. I'll I'll call it a challenge because there's a, I think a part of us that thought let's rehabilitate the organization we had before the pandemic. Yes. So plug people back into slots, into roles, do things kind of a version of what we did before and just now do that in 2022 going forward. And probably in some areas you can like youth or children's ministry, maybe those are areas where that will work or some aspects of communication. But what we've noticed is that when we have attempted to plug people back into the uh, a rehabilitated version of our structure, it just isn't working. I it, Is it because we're not helping people equipping training enough? Is it um, people have leaned back? And so the people who have a lot of institutional knowledge aren't there anymore to help grease the wheels. I don't know exactly what all the reasons are. I suspect that it's some of those kinds of things. And um, it, it kind of gives me pause and I go, well, maybe maybe this is just isn't the right way to do it now, or it's not, maybe it's, we need a new variation, not a rehabilitation, but kind of a reworking of this system. If we want to connect new people, what's the best way to do that right now? Yeah. Um, And if we want to help people take next steps to grow in their faith, what's the best way to do that now? And uh, I think there's, it's hard not to default back to where what we did before, especially when there was success. Um, so, yeah, it's just a question. I don't necessarily have the answer, Jason, but I think yeah. it's a useful question, right? Well, um, so Holly Goddard at uh, at North Point said that the, when they were rethinking all of their strategy, they said, "How do how do we figure out how do we make our organization?" How do we give people next steps that are easy, obvious, and strategic? Hmm. So good. What a great question. That great right? good questions equal sound strategy, right? Easy, yeah. obvious, and strategic. So, but but like you said, you got to ask the right questions. Yeah. The right question is not how do we bring back what we had before? The right question is what's right for right now. I love that part of the question because it forces yeah. you into a self-examination of what's happening right now. Sure. Yeah. So I think you got to kind of start there and think in terms of what's best now. And it can include elements of where you've been. And certainly it will, you know, like we've learned a lot of things about how to be the church and facilitate community, but how do we express them now? Maybe is it, how do we uh, organize them now and implement them now? Um, And then I think another one, if you're, if you're feeling stretched and not sure where to to look first, um, there might be some gaps that we just need to be okay with for a while in certain areas, but what are the essentials that we can't do without? What are the essentials that we can't do without? That's where we want to start. We want to start examining our systems and our organization around the things that are essential to us or that we feel like we cannot do without. So if I ask you, Jason, what's a system or what's a part of your organization that you cannot do without? um, What would come to mind for you? Is there kind of a a couple that jump to the top or maybe one that you're like, no, we have this is a must. We got to have this. Well, I mean, it's a Sunday morning experience between, uh, you know, Sunday school and worship and then small groups. Right. So you've identified two huge ones, right? You go, our Sunday mornings, we got to really dial that in. That's a must. I mean, this is the church. This is the community. We get together for worship. We do our education in that time for our kids. We create community. Uh, We got to have that dialed in. And 
Another one that's really important to you all at Tower Hill is your groups, your small groups. Do you think that growing faith happens better in circles than it does in rows and that people need accountable community? And that's important to you. So just those two alone, you go, okay, so let's forget all the gaps in all the other places and let's focus on uh, what's the best way to organize those two things or those three things maybe that are the most essential to your life. Uh, And maybe that's where you start because I suspect that as you get those online, some of the other gaps will show themselves for what they are. Maybe not as important. Maybe it's okay to let some of those things go. So what are the essentials um, that we can't do without? Vital question. And I look at uh, some of the gaps at Marineview and I'm going, some of the gaps, some of the most egregious gaps right now are around some essential things in our Sunday morning gathering. Oh, we got to get that fixed. So when a new person says to me something like, I really love it here, but I just can't find out information about what my next step is to get more involved. Like, oh, that's crushing. That's a dagger. <laughs> oh, and I go, what happened? And I know what happened. I know exactly why we are. we have yeah. a gap there that we need to address. So, um, so how do you know what the essential things are? And then what are some things that maybe you can let go or even neglect for a while? Um, you know, you got to be wise and discerning about these things, but I think probably some things have died at kind of a natural death during the pandemic that we don't want to resuscitate, right? It's okay to let them be done. Yeah. Uh, and the, some of the language that you and I've used to help evaluate some of that over the years here has been, you know, if we're finding ourselves having to manufacture energy and oversell something to try to get people involved in it, because it's a, a ministry that's been around the church for years and years and years, when you find yourself having to generate uh, kind of an uh, I don't know, an over, uh, overly developed sense of this is a great, really good thing. And oh, too much energy goes into it to, it's like, it's not natural and it's not happening organically. You go, Hey, maybe it's time for us to be done with that thing. Maybe that's okay. And sometimes that's when we're babysitting somebody else's idea that has been a legacy idea that's been handed down over the years. And we, we have to work really hard to convince people to come to it or be involved in it. Maybe that's a sign that it's time to let that thing go. Or if there's some gaps there, maybe just it's okay to neglect it and to not put that as your first priority to fix that part of your life together. Yeah. Cause I mean, you listen, you can't do everything and you can't do everything at once. Nope. Like pace, like pace yourself, start with <laughs> yeah. the most important. Yeah. What's the most important. Like you, you said Sunday morning, we're seeing like, we got some gaps in there. Work on that first. Yeah. You know, try to prioritize the work. So, I mean, it's, it's maybe not as big a deal to, to take, you know, number five on the list. So I think prioritizing is helpful because when you're feeling the gaps, they feel like all the gaps are, are equal. And that they're all your fault. Right. <laughs> yeah. And neither are true. Yeah, exactly. Some gaps so are, are more important. Some than gaps are more important. And I would even say, if you think about, maybe you have an org chart or something like that, uh, you know, and you look at it and you go, okay, what are the key priorities here? And start to work off of that. I remember just hearing the stories of, of um, various organizations that uh, now thrive or, you know, were before the pandemic. It, they didn't start with a fully, uh, um, you know, sort of flushed out organization. They started with the key things. And then they had secondary level of things that they wanted to get to next. And then some, we hope one day we can. And so we got to, I think we're back to that top level, Jason, of getting the, the essential things really well organized and essential. And another another way to think about it, coming back to a simpler expression of our organization 
I think after the pandemic, we're, we're able to, to say goodbye to some things and hone in again on just a simple, deliberate simplicity about how we're organized. Uh, because, and that leads into the third question is, I think, are we right-sized as an organization for the size and the participation level of our congregation right now? Or are we overstructured? Do we have too many opportunities for the people that we actually do have right now? And I, I, if I'm honest about the gaps at Marine View, I, th- I think that's probably some of them. We don't have enough engaged, available, and willing people to fill all the roles that exist. And so we're filling some of that. We're not right-sized for the occasion. And so we got to navigate some of that question as, as well. So do you mean um, programs? Like you have a lot of programs or is it longstanding ministries? I think it can be programs. I think it it could even be the number of people that we're trying to enlist in our coffee ministry on a Sunday morning. We're going, we're, we're doing too much here. We need to dial it back from now on. We're just going to have regular and decaf, you know, that 30 versions of tea probably we're not going to be able to do for a while or whatever it is, but we got to bring our organization back to a size that's sustainable where we can actually do whatever the work is of that team or that person to do it really well and effectively. And I'm just finding that our people are really spread thin, the people that are there and willing. And so um, what are some things that we might just need to say, we're not actually going to do that right now um, so that we can kind of right size our organization. Now, coffee is not one of those things I'm willing to give up (laughs) for us. I mean, let's not get crazy. Unless there might be a few other things that we can say, you know what, right now we're not going to be able to do fill in the blank um, because we just don't have the resources to pull it off. So are we right sized? Are we uh, organized in a way that helps us be healthy and thrive around those essential things? And are there some things that we need to let go of uh, so that if you think about your volunteer base as a, a finite resource, anytime anything in your organization is asking for their time and attention, it's a, it's competing for that resource, right? Yeah. So it's a limited resource. So how do we want to deploy our staff and volunteers as a resource? And I think that's what I mean by being right-sized. You might need to eliminate some of the opportunities to focus in on the core essential things that are most important right now. doesn't mean forever, but they might yeah. be second tier or third tier. Also, you know what asking questions tends to do is it tends to kind of wake you up in the moment and, and give you almost permission to think differently. Yeah. Like, um, I, I love the, man, we've been talking about Andy Stanley way too much, but I, I love what he says about leadership. And when he gets stuck, he would ask, what would a great leader do? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If I were a great leader, what would right? I do? Right. Yeah. Exactly. What, what would I do? Yep. I, that's, that's, That's a, a great, great question. question. It yeah. really is because it frees you to think differently. Yeah. And I and think you know, that's the that's power it. of these questions, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and, and I think um, there's another leadership concept called getting onto the balcony. I don't know if you've heard of this. Concept, no, I haven't. It, yeah. Primarily, it happens to do with um, if you're in a conversation, really a, a hard one, or maybe it's a conflict or a negotiation or just even a leadership meeting that you're leading and you have a desired outcome for. Um, this strategy um, or practice of getting on the balcony is uh, being able to take yourself out of the moment in a certain sense and look down on how it's going 
and have a, a kind of evaluation of the progress of that meeting or that event or what's happening as you're even leading it. And it's kind of like, you know, Jason, you've done this as a preacher. You're preaching and at the same time, you're thinking ahead in the message or thinking, you know what, I'm going to leave that illustration out. And there's a part of you that's on autopilot for your preaching and you better get back in touch with the moment at some point, but you're kind of thinking a separate line of thought at the same time. And yeah. I think in leadership, we good questions help us get up on the balcony for a little bit, step back, get a bigger perspective, all those things, and kind of look down at our leadership and our organization and go, how are we doing? Is this still the right way? Are there things we're missing or forgetting about or that we need to revisit or uh, whatnot? And, and so that leads me to the, kind of the final point, because other people might have other questions that they find more useful than the ones that we've asked. I, I, this is you and I, I've been hearing us wonder about some of these three things uh, related to our systems and our org chart and structure and stuff. At least at Marineview, we've really been thinking about these things. But you, you know, those of you that are listening in, you might have another set of questions or things that you're wondering about for your church. Maybe you're like, you guys are way behind. We've got our org chart dialed in. We feel good about our systems. So what are your questions? I don't know what they would be. Um, that's my question to you. What are your questions? And so my last question for us is, who are the right people to get together to start the conversation and to ask questions? What are the right questions for us? What are the questions that we want to ask that we believe will lead to sound strategy? So maybe it's around discipleship. Maybe the question is, how are we doing at making disciples? I wonder what it would look like if we were better at the disciple making or if it w- what would it look like if a year from now, 90% of our people were in groups? I don't know what the questions are, but good questions can lead to sound strategy. So I encourage you, ask yourself, who are the right people that can handle the ambiguity of questions and not move immediately to solutions, but allow those questions to grow and kind of ferment, if you will, and, and deepen. And then as you start to move towards answering some of those questions, I really think that's where what we're going to talk about next time about our imagination how do we allow our uh, God to work through our, our imaginations to think of creative solutions and opportunities to, to strategically answer some of those questions? So anyway, get a, little, get a little fired up about this whole good questions equal sound strategy stuff. But that's where my brain lives most of the time in the I wonder land. So No, it's good. That's really helpful. Jesse, could you repeat all the questions again just, just to... So we sure. Have them, yeah. Uh, so here's kind of the yep. four that that we post here, but maybe you have others uh, out there. Um, but is this the right way to be organized right now? Another variation of that: What would be most effective right now, or more effective right now? Um, the second question: What are the essentials that we can't do without? Start there. Let's. What are the core things that we need to focus on? Um, and, and kind of brainstorm around that. And then a third question is that uh, maybe this. Is a weird way to say it, but are we right-sized or overstructured? Do we we have the right amount of opportunities for the resource that we have available to us right now? And we want to grow, but we also don't want to overextend. So are we right-sized or overstructured right now? Uh, And then that last one, who are the right people to get into a room to start the conversation together and ask good questions together? So, yeah. So good. So good. Thank you so much for bringing that. You know, it's funny. We, in the like January, February, I started asking questions in, in different levels of the organization. And I also made sure I'm like, you know, who really needs to be in the room and you need to figure that out because don't let the, um, the org chart tell you who has to be in the room. 
right. just think about who do I need in the room? And so I grabbed some, uh, some business minded folks, uh, who were involved in the church and got them together and had some conversation and just started asking them questions from their mm-hmm. point of view. Cause yeah, I've never had a real job. I've only had ministry jobs. Right. So <laughs> you know, I, don't, right. I don't, I don't know half of yeah. what they know in the marketplace. That's so so good. it's great to reach out and just get their thoughts. Like if you were running this, you know, th- think about it with your business hat on, what, what would you do? How would you make yeah. this more efficient? What questions would, would you be asking? What about questions would you be yeah. asking? Yeah. I love it. I think that's so spot on. And I think what is powerful about that, Jason, is that capable leaders are drawn to that kind of conversation. And if you're having that kind of conversation with capable leaders in your congregation, it's going to bear fruit. It's going to pay off. And they're going to be like, yeah, this is the kind of church I want to be a part of where leadership is at work, where we're having these kinds of conversations and we're moving somewhere and we're not just standing still. So it kind of circles all the way back to the beginning of our conversation. The temptation might be to just can we just stand still for a little while? Can we just <laughs> wake me rest? when it's over? It's yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I hope that this has been invigorating or inspiring, or at least helps you to take one more step forward, uh, in your leadership as, uh, as you're doing that good work out there. Well, thanks everyone for listening. And Hey, if, if you've been appreciating, uh, you know, these episodes, I want to encourage you, could you leave us a review on iTunes? Uh, it really helps people to find the podcast and, uh, it's great. We love hearing from folks. We love we love hearing how you're receiving uh, the podcast. And um, I know for Jesse and I, it's just become a very foundational part of our own leadership. So uh, thank you so much for listening. And as we say at the end of every episode, ministry is hard. It is so much better when we do it together. All right, we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Reclaimed Leader. Join us next time for more insights, interviews, and resources to help you in your leadership journey.